0: Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast. We have an awesome episode today. Um, So I have Adam Tucker on, he's pro staff with Servicide. Also he owns Adam's Appalachian Adventures um, out of Georgia, Um, so his guide service for hogs, bear, and mature whitetail deer um but we have adam on because we are going to be talking about september early season tactics um you know misconceptions really just all um early season hunting uh we're going to obviously be focused around white-tailed deer um but adam you know with bear being a huge population of bears in his area we're also going to probably more than likely be touching on bears also but what is going on adam
1: how you doing, man?
0: I am doing good, man. So, you've been getting out the last few days. You know, we've been talking what's going on out there in your woods. What do, what do you have going on? Let, let's cuz I know what's going on, but let's let the listeners kind of get a quick little summary and then we'll segue into this episode of of how your early season's going.
1: Awesome. Well, it's been kind of tough. Uh, I think the moon's got them kind of messed up, for me anyways. Uh, I've been hunting really hard. A lot of the movement is at night, and there is a little bit of midday movement, and it's from about 1025 to about two 230. So it's been, it's been pretty tough, though. Uh, of course, getting in there and the wind will swirl, and that messes me up big time. So uh, there's just not a whole lot you can do about beating a deer's nose.
0: Yeah. Well, at least you're getting out there, though. I mean, you guys just opened up what last Saturday, right?
1: Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. I mean, it's the weather started cooling off a little bit, but now it's about to get hot. Um, I mean, I've had some success when it's when it's hot, but but usually it's, it's pretty tough. Like I said, when it gets humid, deer smell a lot better and uh, they'll bust you. I've had them bust me in humid weather. Uh, when it's not as humid, I've got away with with some things. So, I don't know. I've been hunting really close to uh, a big buck I've got on camera. I've got him going to and back from his bedding area uh, back in late August. And I pulled the camera out. I didn't want it being in there anymore. Um, haven't haven't seen him. I know he's in there. He's making sign. Uh, he shedded his velvet, I believe, uh, which makes him kind of change a little bit. So, I'm hoping I can get a crack at him. Maybe here soon I'm probably gonna go in there tomorrow evening to try it. The evening hunting's been tough for some reason. I don't know it, it literally honestly, I'd be better off going to the stand at about ten o'clock in the morning and sit until about two thirty to, the uh, way the movement's yeah. been
0: I got you yeah I mean I mean living in a hot weather state I mean, I'm just a little south of you in Florida I mean it gets that hot weather man it's it's a different beast to hunt into because you you can't i don't I don't care how in shape you are. You you're gonna sweat. You're, it's gonna be super oh yeah. Reduced. It's you're you're bringing in fluids, so that means you're exiting fluids. There's a lot, a lot different than you know, like when I go hunting up north. If it's cold, probably should drink more water. But I can drink a bottle of water and not be using the bathroom every five seconds. You know, down here I'm chugging, you know, gallons of water at a time. It's just, I mean, it's hot. It'll be upwards 90 to 100 degrees. So you know, you gotta take care of yourself also, but. Hey at least totally you're man out there man I mean we've been open here for a little bit now and you've gotten out a lot more than me so
1: <laughs> yeah course, it's right it's man. just been tough I think when the when the moon phase starts changing um get a little bit more uh morning activity see my favorite time to hunt just in general like early season late season it doesn't matter I love to hunt in the mornings It's just when I've had all my success I've killed the majority of my mature deer um during the morning hours and I would say from about about from nine to nine thirty five, nine forty. That's usually been the best times for me. Um and that's that's just the way it's always about I've killed I killed a good one uh years ago of the evening and it was right right before dark. Um but it it, I don't know. For some reason it's in the mountains. I don't know what it is in the mountains, but it's really tough for evening hunting. I mean I've pulled out all the stops and I've killed some good deer in the evening, but, but not as many as I have, you know, in the morning it's weird. I don't know. And and I've put myself in good places. It's just, I don't know. It's crazy. That's just, that's just the way they are. I feel like in the big woods, especially in the mountains, um, deer are more out to move at weird times of the day. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, like I've seen them, I mean the biggest buck I ever seen in my life and the, in the mountains was at, uh, one in the day. And I mean, it was legit the biggest deer I've ever seen. Um, this has been about, I don't know, about 10 to 12 years ago, but they, I don't know, something about big woods deer, they move a little bit differently as far as the time of day. I mean, I've, like I said, some of my best sits have like, I could have came in late not got there till like eight thirty, and sat down and have one kill within 30 minutes, but I I like getting there early just to be in there and and settled. Um, But I do the same thing for early season though. Uh, I don't get in there like extremely early. Like I know some people like to get in at like, like an hour before daylight and that kind of stuff. I don't like that because I feel like my scent just kind of sits in that area. And if it comes out in the dark, what, what am I going to be able to do about it? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I get there just, you know, the, it, in my opinion, the best time to get there is just a few minutes before it gets, you know, light. But, you know, to be honest with you, all the mature deer I've killed, I've went into the stand just, just as the sunlight's coming, like you know, just as I can see in the woods. So. I mean, yeah, I've spooked a few deer doing it, but not very many, honestly, but now on private land, on small pieces of private land, completely different story. Um, because from what I've gathered, just from the times I've hunted small pieces of land, you have to be in there pretty early, right before they come in. Um, the same way with the evening, I had this one piece of land I hunted and it was insane. Like it didn't matter how early in the evening I got there. Typically I would spook one. (laughs) So, yeah, but, but it's, it's weird with private land like that on trail cameras on the, on the small pieces of land. I wouldn't hardly have any midday movement, like maybe in the rut and right before the season would open. But when the season would open, everything was at dark or at like, you know, very early in the morning where well, you can barely see
0: you know one thing one thing that and and so my family we own we have a bunch of land in virginia uh, my grandpa got it after world war ii it's been the family a while so my great uncles my uncles me we all grew up hunting it and they'd have permanent stands and things like that And i'm always sitting here like especially now that i'm older and i'm being a mobile hunter and stuff you're like how did why do they do that you know we see how deer move around but sometimes on those private spots I'm not going to say it's easier to pattern at all because it's not. um, I know a guy that Mm -hmm. has some good private land with mature bucks. And I mean, if they, they smell you, man, you ain't seen that deer for weeks. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that, but I will say that we were always able to get somewhat of an idea. Look, just like you said, for your area. um, And that's the point I'm trying to make is each area is different, whether it's public, private, small plots, big, big woods, um, you know, and getting out there strategically, obviously don't, get out there sit 12 hours a day to see what you can see a week before obviously your scent's going to get out there but strategically learn your area learn where you hunt learn what those animals are the majority of the time doing now that's not going to give you a precise be here at 9 30 and you're going to kill one but for the majority it, it definitely helps and i think that's an important thing to just really just reiterate with what you said was you know, don't don't just go off of. Well, I saw this TV show, and the deer were doing this. Well, that's for that area. So make sure you know what you're doing, and then you can take bits and pieces of of podcasts like this, or videos, or anything else, and then you can kind of piece together um, to make you successful in your area.
1: Exactly, and and you know, of course, trail trail cameras is a very important tool. But not only that, I like to go and do like a lot of scouting, like in the summer, and. And, you know, of course, I don't like try and get around their bedding area or anything like that, but I try to observe deer that time of year and see, you know, when they're coming out, what, you know, where they're feeling comfortable at. But it, you have to remember with the summer scouting and when you're observing them, their pattern is about to change. So I know like it's, you know, just as well as I do, it's easy just to say if you and I were watching a field. And just say, for instance, we watched a five-and-a-half-year-old ten-point coming out there every day, every evening. You know, of course, you and I would be getting pumped, and we would already be saying, oh, we're going to have our stands on this side of the field, whatnot. Yeah. But typically, a few days before the season opens, that deer's patterns have changed. And especially if it shedded its velvet, oh, you won't see it there. Um, I think another thing that, that makes them change is – they sense when people are starting to come in and scout i think just that extra human scent getting in the area especially i've noticed this for big woods deer this is like big time to me i experienced it this past weekend um you know like i was telling you i had this big buck i'm after on camera during the daylight at 112 during the day and i think with a lot of the hunting hunt traffic coming in there people driving in and out that kind of thing i think that kind of messed me up a little bit and of course you know he shed his velvet i mean he just changed a little bit now he's still kind of in that same area i'm in but it's still hard to see him i mean he i don't know i know he's there i know i'm close by him but a lot of the movement right now is at night and um you know that deer he he's I'd say he's probably about five and a half years old, maybe six and a half. He's a big deer, very unique buck, but uh, and he's this deer I'm talking about isn't in the mountains. Actually, this is down around the upper coastal plain region of the state. And what I like to do is, for the mountains, for instance, I have some spots I can bow hunt there in the early season that I don't like to put too much pressure on so what i can do there's some big woods in this area uh in the upper Coastal plain area big like i'm talking big wmas i mean there, there's several of them that i like to hunt and i'll put a little pressure on them because sometimes i can have a good chance of killing a big buck down here and they're, I don't know how to explain. It. They're kind of pre-rutting a little bit earlier down in this portion of the state okay. than they are in the mountains. So, in the mountains, they to me, they in the mountains, they don't even start with a pre-rut until around like gosh, um, probably the, the depending on where you're at, of course. Um, for me, the pre-rut kind of starts that first week in November, um, maybe late maybe late october it just kind of depends i mean i've had mountain bucks on camera literally and this this big deer big mountain bucks on halloween several years ago i had two great mountain bucks both of them honestly shooter deer together they were still buddied up on halloween and then the next week they were separated so you know i don't like to put too much pressure on some of my mountain deer until it gets just right. Now, if I know where I can kill a mountain buck um in early season like if I know that like I'm not going to mess him up or anything, yeah I'll, I'll hunt that area. But I kind of bounce back and forth between the Upper Coastal Plains, Big Woods public land areas and then I hunt the mountains. So, kind of bounce back and forth. Um yeah, it's it's a lot of driving to do that. Um but, I mean, I get I get a good chance at a mature buck down here or a good chance of a mature buck up there. But I think the best time to hunt mature deer in the mountains, in my opinion, would be in the rut. But if you can get on one and you know his patterns and you know his habits, that opening weekend can be great. But October in the mountains is extremely tough. Uh, it always has been for me. You don't hear very many big deer getting killed in October in the mountains where I hunt. Um, it's always been tough. Now, if you're a bear hunter, there's bears moving around like crazy in October. Um, so when I'm in October hunting in the mountains, I honestly it's a mixed bag for me. I can go and and I can hope to see a deer, but typically I'll end up seeing a bear or a pig. So I will get a little action in October, but it won't be. it's typically not from deer.
0: Do you feel like those correlate with each other like being out there and seeing how they interact? Do you feel like the upwards and bear movement around that time and and hog action is is what's either keeping them i guess either away or different times? i
1: think I think it can be a mix. I think it's that, but I also think there's you know there's a lot of acorns dropping of course that time of year. And they're dropping already now in the mountains. There's actually, uh, it's, it's not looking like there's going to be a lot of acorns in the mountains this year. Uh, but right now, for instance, if you can find where the food source is right now in the mountains, um, and if you can figure out kind of general area where he's bedding at, if you, can, if you can cut him off, you could kill him. But the closer you get to October, the tougher it's going to get. And I've, I've dealt with it, uh, several years ago, I had a, a big mountain buck. Um, I was hunting, I hunted him. I was hunting him hard. He wasn't, he wasn't even making very much sign, man, like hardly any rubs or anything, but I didn't expect to see him at all. I was sitting next to what I consider a secondary bedding area. I didn't want to go sit next to his primary bedding area because like I was telling you earlier, Justin, I don't, I don't want to push the envelope that early in the season, you know? So I sat next to what I would consider, like I said, his secondary bedding area. And at, I think it was 1050 or 1058, um, I seen a spike come out of the bedding area. And then right behind him was the eight point I was after. And he comes walking out of the, the bedding area and they literally come right up to me. It didn't present a good shot, and this was years ago, and I tried to make something work, but I ended up missing him. I shouldn't have even tried, and I was just like, man, I blew it. I'll never see this deer again. It's over. I'm done, and the funniest thing was Thanksgiving morning, I ended up killing that buck um, with a gun, but he, he was rutting, and guess where he was at? He was right next to where what I consider the primary bed area is, and he was actually coming kind of out of it on some trails and he was pushing the doe, but that dough was like way ahead of him. Like I seen, I'll put it this way. I seen the dough and then about 30 minutes later, here he come. And he was grunting like crazy.
0: So you are, I mean, so pretty much like with your early season, what would you say like is your main goal for the early season? Like for yourself?
1: If I can in the early season, my, my goal is honestly to shoot a mature mountain buck. I mean, yeah, I want to do it, but it has to be kind of under the right conditions. So like if I even think the wind's gonna be bad or if it's gonna be swirling, I'm not going in there. Okay. Uh several years several years ago, found a great bug. It was a it was a big mountain buck. Um he done a lot of horning and it was in one area. And why I say one area, I mean a flat, and it was like a little logging road in the flat. And he he made several big rubs in there, and it was from when he was you know, he was shedding his velvet, getting it off. Hunted him and had to be extremely particular when we tried to hunt him, but it, it, it never never happened. And I, I think a lot of it had to do with just the conditions. If, if, if I can't go into an area and the conditions be right, then I, I probably won't hunt it. And like, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to tell people, you know, not to ever hunt or anything. I'm just saying if the conditions, if conditions aren't right and you're wanting to shoot that mature buck, a a big woods buck, you better not go in there if the conditions aren't right. I mean, I just...
0: That was kind just, of like the question I was getting at, which you answered it perfectly. I should have worded it better, but when I said your goal, obviously, you know, I know it's to get a mature mountain buck, but I like how you uh, went in depth because more so what I what I wanted to do with that question was the way I really wanted to word it was, you know, since most of your, you're saying most of the time around that first week of the rut is when you're really, you know, that's your that's your best chances. That's when you're really trying to be in there, um, but. I guess the best way to, it's it's hard to put into words, but what I'm thinking is like, when I, when I said that, I was thinking of like, okay, we obviously want to get out during early season. You can still get a mature buck. What, what conditions do you need to get out there? Like what is going to make it happen? So you're saying pretty much the wind needs to be under control. uh, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Low humidity, very low humidity. And if you can get it, uh, low temperatures, I mean, if it's hot, I mean, I, I'm telling you, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, that was kind it of just, a word
0: salad there, but I was, uh, I was trying to put, you, you answered the question, right. I just had said it wrong, but yeah. Okay. I got that now. um, So it. what would you say, I guess a question I have is, what would you say? One of the, the number one things that you see or hear happens during the early season that people do that, that might kind of ruin their chances with that, that big bug,
1: putting too much pressure on one spot um you put i mean too much pressure like in the big woods i mean if (laughs) there's some spots to be honest with you that i know of that if i went into right now and hunted two three days in a row i would probably have them pretty messed up Mm -hmm. i mean and that's just from what i've gone off of in the rut i mean i've there's a spot that i'm i'm kind of talking about here in the mountains that it's really remote and like i'm i'm being honest and I'm dead serious. I have never seen another hunter or even hike or anything. I've never seen anybody in this area. Like, I mean, it is like extremely difficult to get to and hunt and get a deer out of. So several years ago we were hunting it during the rut. Um, and, and, you know, we kind of have to pick and choose our days when we go, we don't, I mean, you just can't hunt a spot like this every day. So, we would go in one day and try and hunt it. Sometimes the wind would get bad on us. Like, when it's swirling, I, it's just not even worth sitting. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been busted with the wind swirling. Uh, early season, late season, it don't even matter, even in the rut. But um, this spot I'm telling you about, we went in there for a weekend. I think we just turned it like two days straight. Justin, I kid you not, like – these deer immediately because we had them on camera they they went to moving at night it was nothing but night i, I we never had any success the rest of the rut in that see i mean we didn't hardly even see any deer and it snowed it came a big snow and would you know we were me and my dad were both talking we was like well, we'll be able to see some tracks maybe try to figure out when they're going in these areas we would literally hunt in the evening in this spot i'm telling you about my dad would hunt it's probably close to a mile away from me maybe on a different ridge and i'm hunting on a on a completely different ridge from him it's hard to explain we're almost a mile from each other maybe but anyways we went in that evening hunted no tracks in the snow came back the next morning there was tracks right next to to our boot tracks It's just nighttime movement and just, just from just, I mean, it wasn't even, we really didn't hunt it that hard, but it's just picking the right days. And the problem is sometimes you may think the conditions are right. Like I've done before and go in there and they are horrendous and I've done it and it can really mess you up, especially in the early season. I mean, if, if it, if that wind swirling, I just get out of there, uh, in both. See, I would in early season personally
0: that's not, not solid advice man especially you know uh you're in the Appalachian mountains so you know a lot of a lot of people that are going to be listening to this um you know hunt that general type of terrain obviously you're a little more south but um very similar a lot more similar than if they were down here in the swamp for sure so
1: yeah yeah and i mean you know like i was telling you earlier i got occasionally i go to the upper coastal plain kind of region um kind of closer to, to South Georgia and hunt, um, some deer. There's like, I was telling you, there's some big woods down here and in this, in this, in the Southern, like South Georgia regions, you know, there's swamps and it's, I mean, it's pretty flat. It's not like where you're at, but you know what I'm saying? It's, right. you know, it's kind of similar. Um, but anyways, these deer, the deer in the big woods down there and the upper coastal plains, all that region, they, it's, it's kind of funny because, they're a little similar to way to the way mountain deer act as far as like when they get spooked. Um, because just like I'm telling you about this past weekend, I got my spot. The conditions were fine when I got there. Everything was okay. And then about 10, a little after 10 rolls around, the wind starts swirling. And they start figuring out like I can, I get one or two blow at me. I'm like, great. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing I could have done about it other than just get up and leave um you you just you won't fool their nose and it's it's the same way like i'm talking about in the mountains like when that wind starts swirling it just i don't know i just i hate it when it does that and especially like if you're on the ground holy crap it's it's terrible when it does that i mean it's it's horrible
0: so let me see here all right, so I'm trying to get a timeline here. So in the early season, you're gonna to want to try to capitalize on those um, ideal conditions. You know, low wind or one directional wind. Um, you know, if you somewhat have, you feel like you somewhat have a, a good deer pattern, getting out there at that time or any deer really, um, and then you kind of, kind of just kind of just tiptoe play it around by ear and, and kind of see like okay you know the conditions are like this I shouldn't waste my time or the conditions are fair I'm gonna continue to hunt uh, because you know I know my sense under control and things like that then you kind of start working your way towards the pre rut and rut um, do you do you feel like once you get to the rut I mean are you just out there as much as possible or are you still trying to kind of play it by ear. I know you you ran into that instance where you were in that spot for 2 days, but is it kind of the same thing just kind of like a touch and go?
1: Yeah, I kind of I do that. See, the good thing is I, you know, I mean, I I pretty much I scout deer year round. Um I mean, I'm constantly on the look for them. So, I've got I've got a pretty good bit of spots I can go to. And I don't ever want to just sit at one for like th- three days straight or anything like that, because man, it will mess it up. I mean, you got to think they're not used to human scent there in the first place. You know, I mean, they're just not used to it. And they know when there's any kind of human activity in there, something's wrong. Right. And I mean, you got to think we're talking in the mountains, big woods, they go anywhere. I mean, they can just leave head out and they could be anywhere. Um, that you know i try to bounce back and forth um now if i've got a really big one on camera that i'm hunting and it's like you know like i said mature deer i you know i'm really careful with the way i hunt it and if i especially you know if i know it's using the area the daylight hours i mean i don't want to push it into being nocturnal you know and you and i'll be honest with you it's really important to practice shooting, if you're a bow hunter, practice. If you're a gun hunter, practice. Because you mess up on a big mature mountain buck and you miss it, it's over. You might as well go find a different one because it's done. I, I mean, it's just it's over with those. I mean, they they're completely different. um Oh, they know. Um, all they know I've seen been
0: it shot at before.
1: Oh, I know, and I've done it when I was young. I mean, I literally. <laughs> the big the mature mountain bucks when I was a kid, they taught me lessons. They didn't even know it. Like when I was a kid I'd get excited and I'd miss them, and I'd be like, oh man, well maybe I'll get another shot I'll at be it. Nope. Here
0: tomorrow. I'll, be, I'll come back oh, oh, yeah. then after I eat lunch. <laughs>
1: oh, I know. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I had one the, the one deer I was telling you about, the really big one, the biggest one I've ever seen in my life. Um, man, I, I shot and missed him. And honestly, it was a very tough shot. I shot at it running a doe. It was like full on running. And I was 12 years old, I think, 12 or 13. And I'm yelling at it. My dad's yelling at it. And Dad said, you better just shoot it. He said, you better shoot. So I just put it on its shoulder and shot. And I ended up hitting a limb, which messed it up. But I was like... I'll be honest with you I was so I was shaking I was so tore up over that buck I'll never forget me and my dad looking for it and of course you know it was fine didn't find any blood nothing I mean after I shot it was like nothing happened it just kept going after the doe um, which you know how they are when they're like that yeah and we just sat down and we both just started laughing my dad said he's like he said it's just crazy that you just got to see that he said he said I know we didn't kill it but still just amazing we got to see that and i was i got really oh yeah i got really attached to that buck and i mean it was probably a six and a half year old deer it looked like a horse and i was like oh well i mean i when i got back to my house i was literally picking out a place on the wall to put it i said i'm gonna get back in there and kill it we hunted that deer so hard man we never seen it again ever And you know what, for all you
0: know, he was just chased, he wasn't even from that area. He didn't chase that doe all the way up into there.
1: Exactly. But you know, that year we found, and this is um, a good way to judge if you're looking at a mature deer in the mountains, Um, that year, I'll never forget it, Um, we walked down next to the funnel we were sitting in, and we found two big dogwoods horned, just like, it looked like something you would see in like ohio or something like that my dad said that's him <laughs> that's that was the deer doing all this stuff and i have not seen a deer that big since then um
0: well, at least you got and, to see it man i mean that's there's some people oh, like yeah. their whole lives and don't get to see it have an experience like that
1: So it was it and the the coolest part was just the way it unfolded like you know, we were sitting there eating lunch. I mean, it was, you got married me, 1.30 and I'm a kid and I'm ready to eat, you know. And right. my dad's like, okay. And my dad thought it was funny because every time we would open up a pack of crackers or a vine of sausages, a deer would come out. And I kid you, it was weird. Every time we would do it. And my dad started laughing. He said, yeah, I'm going to just open this can. And I kid you not, when he opened that can, that dough busted down through there in heat. And <clears throat> the buck I'm telling you about, it was so, he was kind of behind some um, some laurels on the ridge. So, we couldn't see him until he busted out of them. He was standing up there just kind of looking for her. I, I believe that's what he was doing. <clears throat> and just, we heard him just do the loudest grunt I've ever heard a buck do. And it literally sounded just like this. It was just exactly like that and i was just i looked at my dad and he said you better just get ready and that's when he came down there oh Oh, if i'd killed that deer if i would have killed that deer (laughs) man i'm telling you it was just one of those deer that i always look back on you know but but you know like i said it it taught me a lesson you really have to make sure you're dialed in uh you you know you always want to check your gun make sure the sights aren't off and and you know make sure you're shooting good with your bow because anything can happen i mean you know
0: so small details man you know people forget the small details and i've i've had it happen to me before um i you know and, and it's crazy because i'm a real i'm a real patient patient shot man i always have people that are always like and i'm always like oh, i'll get him eventually like he doesn't know i'm here or, you know he's just uneasy easy and I tell you what, man, it, it definitely sucks sometimes and I always I always do regret sometimes where I'm like, you know what, I think I could have probably made that shot and, and stuff and you're always second guessing yourself, but you know, as long as you can live to fight another he can live to fight another day, you never know if that opportunity might present itself and I've always felt like just in, in my experience, I always felt like I'd rather not take the shot then scare him and never see him again. But it's almost like, too, like I've been after a buck where, you know, same thing, his nose is crazy, dude. Like I remember one time my scent was just barely, I think, getting to him and he backed out because he was, you you could just see the look of confusion on his face where he's like, (laughs) wait, something's not right. But I can't, and he's licking his nose. I mean, just licking his nose like crazy. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And I think I was just high enough in the tree that I was able to escape him. But, you know, that's 100 degrees out. So I'm sweating, sweat dripping everywhere. So I'm, I'm sure that didn't help. But he literally, man, like he just knew something was up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he backed up. And ever since I saw that, it completely changed my whole outlook on deer. When I watched him almost sense me. And I know I wasn't making noise. I know he didn't smell me, but he just knew. He was like, "Something's not right." There should be no reason why a person should be at this spot.
1: Exactly. And he
0: he haunts my he haunts me, man. I'm I'm hoping I can take him. He's still alive. I've seen him one time on camera, but the WMA I hunt, you can only hunt it three. It's like three or four times a year, and it's only three three day permits. So I usually draw bow, and sometimes I'll get shotgun, but. It's normally around Bo. I'll see him. He'll come out around like 1, 2, 3 o'clock. That's about the time of day he like he likes to come out.
1: Um, oh, yeah. And, and there's some areas like I almost think it's best not to get in there until like 8,
0: 30, 9 o'clock. Um, oh, there is an area that I go early morning where I'm at because most of my activity stems from like that 10 o'clock range until like 3. I've killed some stuff in the morning. I've killed some stuff at night. But it's just for some reason when those pickup trucks fire up and people start bogging out of the WMA to go eat lunch, it's like they just turns on a switch, man, and that's what I'll sit there. I'm usually coming in and talking to people as they're heading out for lunch. Usually.
1: Oh oh yeah. I mean totally. And and you know, that you know brings me back, uh there's several years ago I, I killed a decent deer um in, in early season. And the funny thing was I'd been hunting this spot and I was kind of frustrated because I wasn't seeing anything. Like, I mean, I was not seeing anything, any deer and not even bears, which is a shocker. But, um, I was like, one day I was just like, I'm going to do something different. All the the movement in this spot I'm I'm talking about is usually during the midday. I was like, I'm going to go in there at 1030 and sit until like three. Well, I, I think I ended up sitting till like one thirty and ended up killing one. So, it, it, and it came right out on a trail, and it was right next to the the uh, secondary bed area I'm talking about. I mean, it was just just as perfect as it could have came out, and I was just like, wow! It's like if I would have came here early in the morning, I would have probably been pretty frustrated about. 11 or 12, because I hadn't been seeing anything. <laughs> so I was like, it actually paid. And it was really humid that day, too, surprisingly. But the wind, there was no wind. It wasn't blowing around, swirling. So I think it really helped me getting in there later. And all my scent wasn't just everywhere, right, you know.
0: Right, Now, let's let's talk about that. I, I actually wanted to segue into that. We're about, we're like 35 minutes into it. So we still got like 20, 25 minutes. Um, yeah. But this is what I'm thinking. I was thinking on this. And I was like, you know what? Let's take this rabbit hole real quick. Scent. Early season, what are you doing? And obviously, for everyone that's listening, I'm not like, hey, you know, Adam, start selling what products you use or whatever. But what do (laughs) you do for your area um, to do scent? And when I say that, I'm talking about do you spray? Do you wash your clothes a certain way? Do you um, you know, lay them out to dry. Like what's kind of your, your prep for trying to keep your scent somewhat under control?
1: I try and do all the above. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I really, I think that you do get, you know, a little advantage using like scent elimination products, but you just, man, you can't fool a deer's nose and you'll never be able to, you need to hunt the wind. I mean, that's extremely important It's paying attention to where the wind's going, how, how humid it is, that, that kind of thing. Um, but I do, I wash my clothes. I mean, I spray, I spray down. Sometimes I spray when I get to my, my stand or wherever I'm going to hunt. Um, sometimes I'll spray down there. I know they make field wipes. I've used them before, but man, you just can't fool their nose. And I don't really use any attractants. Like I don't. I don't really use, like, lures and stuff like that because I've always, I don't know, I feel like, you know, no scent is the best scent. Right, right. Because typically when you're hunting, like, for instance, if I'm going to put a lure out, like, any kind of, I don't know, even if it's just an attractant scent, usually if anything does come into that, it's typically a a year-and-a-half-old buck or it's a doe. And I have actually witnessed since, even just like the little attractant sense, where it's like, I don't know, it's like a blend of of stuff, just something to make them curious, you know? Right, right. I've I've actually seen them get spooked, like I'm talking, freak out when they smell it, run away, blow thirty times. I mean, like I've seen them do it.
0: Well, especially and I've seen that in early season. I mean, if you're in. Like down here in Florida, for example, if I'm spraying up apple stuff and where I'm at, there are orange, like wild orange trees and stuff out there, but there's no apples. There's, those deer probably never ate an apple in their life. And exactly, you know, in these deep areas of swamp, if they get an apple, dude, I'm, I don't, I don't see, I haven't found a wild apple tree out there yet. I've found other, other types of uh, fruit trees, but um, even kumquats and things like that, but that's more of a citrus. So I mean, if, if it's yeah. a mature bug, especially if someone's done it before, because I always tell myself this whenever I look at a spot or I'm about to do something, I'm sure someone else has thought of this before, or someone else has seen this before. Um, so you got to make sure that you kind of take that I feel like into consideration a little bit. It's it's like okay, if you see a bunch of vehicles parked at a you know a lock, for example, a a, a ramp, an area that where you can go in that WMA and you see, you know, you kind of pattern the people a little bit, kind of see where they're going, things like that, you got to take into consideration, like, okay, so what are the deer doing? Are they pushing? Are they, you know, are they, you know, for example, we've got this one area that the turkeys are actually near the parking lot area midday. They watch the hunters come out of the woods, and then, you know, they'll go about their business. I always see them literally, like, less than 100 yards from my truck. I'll literally see you know, the turkeys and things like that, so.
1: Yeah, and and it's like with food sources for uh, mountain deer, Um, you know, yeah, I I try and hunt with acorns and fall and everything, but I know, like, especially kind of around the foothills, um, there was a time, it's been several years ago, I found where some muscadines was at. Oh my gosh, deer were wearing them out. Oh yeah? Um, oh, yes, yes. That's like a and, kumquat
0: it's... tree down here, like a um, yeah. a wild, you know, I I don't know what they're called, like a wild, not a plum tree, but there's like a wild fruit tree down here that that they'll tear up. Usually once a year it starts dropping and I try to be as close as I can to it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And that's like, you know, yeah deer love to eat acorns everything, but they do want... They want to eat something different occasionally. That's something I've noticed with, with mountain deer. Is, is, you know, like, yeah, it, in October, when those acorns are falling, it's hard to see them, like, especially if there's a lot of acorns falling. But if they if they can find something different, they'll really key in on that, and, and, and it can be deadly. You can sit there and kill one, but typically it'd be like muscadines. That's what I've had. You know, I've 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 seen a lot of deer just absolutely wear an area out as muscadines in the mountains. Oh, I mean, just insane. Yeah, I, I wish. Like like I said, this this was years ago. I, I found this one spot that was like that, but the problem was, I think a lot of the movement was at night. So, and persimmons. Oh man, persimmon, that's something else. That's what it was. That's what, yes. That's
0: what we have out. There's a spot that I go to that there's a, some persimmon trees.
1: Oh man, mountain deer, they like them too. They love persimmons. And if, if you can sit next, if you sit where where like persimmons or anything, where, where, if you can sit where they're dropping and when they get ripe and everything, like, I mean, that's, that's where you can kill a big deer.
0: You know, what's crazy, man. And, and that's where, I, that's why, you know, everyone that's listening, you got to get out and you have to look and see what's happening in your area. Cause like, especially at this spot where I go, I canoe in like six, seven miles And there's orange trees, like an orange grove. It's like an overgrown orange grove. But you don't know back in the 1800s if that was an orange farm. I hunt another piece where they bulldozed all the orange trees into like the the wood line. And there's trees growing right there along that wood line. So – each area is different, especially when it comes to things that, you know, the WMA I hunt used to be owned by a family. Um, and then when they passed, like the early 1900s, they gave it to the city or city took it or acquired it or whatever. But um, it was a farm. So I'm, because I'm sitting here like, well, why am I seven miles into the swamp? There's no roads. There's one trail that walks in there. It's real thick, very unmanaged. Not a lot of burns happen there just almost left and forgotten and i'm like how's there a monster orange grove out here and the deer love it man i sit in my tree stand and watch the younger deer will come and and you know eat a whole one and i'm sitting there like that's wild um but if i didn't get out there and it's a deep spot too man ain't near no road so i think it's definitely one of those honey holes so always keep your eye out for those
1: Oh yeah, man. I mean I really, I, I really think I mean they're kinda like us. You think about it, Justin. I mean, you're gonna get burnt out if you go to McDonald's every single day. I mean you're gonna want something different. And that's just like deer. They want something different occasionally. If you can get on something like that, persimmons, it's that's that's big. I mean, I've seen deer just absolutely wear a spot out with persimmons. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. I mean, I've I've seen it several years in a row in the mountains and them do that, but it's just I don't know, like I like I was saying earlier, you need to be in there when the conditions are right. Like yeah, you can be on a big deer and you can find where the food's at, where they're wearing it out, but you really gotta be picky in early season in the big woods. Um, you know, when you sit. And you know, you you know, you really need if even if you're hunting on small tracts of land, you need to be pretty picky about, you know, when you're sitting. I mean, you don't wanna just if you got a really like a mature buck you're chasing, mm-hmm. you don't wanna go sit in there when the conditions are bad cuz i know a lot of people are excited to hunt in early season you know you've waited all season okay, to go right. hunt deer but if you want to kill a mature buck you got to be really picky about when you go and you just got to kind of pick and choose your times and another thing kind of wanted to touch on a little bit was was calling oh yeah in the early season please man <laughs> you know let's go down that um you know i do use a bleat can a little bit in the early season And I think a lot of times deer will just come into it kind of curious. Usually I will not call a mature buck up with a bleak can. It'll usually be a doe in the early season. But occasionally I'll do tending grunts. I won't do anything aggressive, of course. But I'll do some short tending grunts. And they'll come looking. I mean, you got to think they're shedding velvet. Some of them are pushing on each other. I mean, they'll come and, and they'll look for you. Just like the eight point I was talking about that I've seen Um, several years back in the mountains in the early season, um, when I missed him, I actually just started grunting at him. I'd done a few short grunts and he actually started coming back and which, which I was kind of shocked at, but him and the spike he was with, they, they both kind of started coming back looking because they were just. I mean, they heard me grunt and they were, they were, I mean, I'm sure it confused them what happened when I shot, but they were wanting to come and check me out. I mean, I think with, with the grunt, though, so like I said, you got to be kind of careful with it in the early season. I don't, I don't just, I don't do too much of it. I mean, usually when I'm hunting, I'll do it kind of like this. I'll just go and just a few of those, typically I'll have them come looking for me. Um, and I've heard them. They'll try to win me occasionally. If, like I told you earlier, if the wind gets wrong, some of those younger bucks they'll actually kind of like circle around you, mm. and you can hear them walking, and they'll bust you. But that's why you got to be in there when it's right.
0: Now, do you as as far as calling, is there a a specific time of day you like to call um, that you find <coughs> more a little better than another? Or it's the it's way
1: I judge. The way I judge that is typically. If I kind of have a general idea when deer are moving through that area, for instance, say if I'm in this spot in the mountains, I'm in this funnel and they're typically coming through it, just say 930, right? Well, if 930 is coming through and I'm not seeing anything at all, I make sure, you know, there's nothing like really close to me. Like, you know, I double check, look around me, make sure there's no deer within, you know, the distance of where they could see me and I'll grunt a couple times um sometimes they'll hear me they'll come you you just hear them start walking come toward me i don't like to call uh when when they're within like you know 40 yards or something like that you got to be kind of careful with that now i've done that in a rut and it's a different story but we're talking early season um so you got to be kind of careful with that i mean they'll spot you i mean they hear it they <laughs> they know it's coming from somewhere I, i'll never forget i would couple years ago i grunted in a buck it was insane justin like it and this wasn't early season deer but but it was uh it was it was in early november in ohio in the hill country and it actually winded me like it the wind started swirling and it winded me and i'd been sitting there all day and this spot if you ask me was an evening spot i mean it was a good evening spot I probably shouldn't have been sitting there all day, but this was, I didn't, we'd only been, I, this is like the first time I'd hunted this spot the first time or two. So I didn't really understand it very well. I was just, I didn't know. So it winded me and it kind of bounced off like it was confused <clears throat> and it wasn't a, a really mature deer or anything like that. It was, it was a fairly young deer, but it was, it was within the last few days of the trip and I wanted to shoot one bad. So when I seen it bounced off I was like, I was like, I know I've got to grunt or do something because it's rotten. I mean, it it might change its mind. So I literally just start going. (laughs) And it heard that. And I'm not kidding. Its whole attitude changed. And it came up there. It got bristled up. And if you've seen them get bristled up, they almost, it looks like they change colors. They look like they're dark, dark brown, almost black. And man, he starts kicking out scrapes literally and it's not within bow range now it's within i'd say he's probably 68 yards away and i just keep grunting at him just like i did and he's kicking scrapes out and everything and the coolest thing was um i heard something walking behind me and i was like what on earth i was like is there another buck coming and it's a raccoon and it comes almost under my tree stand and that buck was looking directly at me because he could hear me grunting, and he seen that raccoon. And I don't know if it made him feel comfortable or what, but he started cut walking like right toward me, and I ended up killing him.
0: Oh, I mean, it, it could be. I've always, I've always thought that, man. I've, I've talked to many people, podcasts, con- regular conversations, all that stuff, and they always say it's crazy. But man, I have taken deer and turkey before, and hogs. Hogs don't really count because I mean, they're you know, there's some places. I mean. But whatever, that's neither here nor there, but deer and turkey where if there are another animals there, a squirrel, a raccoon, I've had a possum, armadillo. Um, I've had hogs at an area where a deer felt good and would come in. Um, and yeah. I literally, I've always noticed that. I'm always like, man, if there's an animal there, I'm freaking, I'm ready, man. Like if I see another animal, I'm usually, even a big hawk or something, I'm like, oh yeah. man, like I, it's it's prime time. I got to be ready. I just, totally. I, a natural almost decoy if you will where they're like wait a minute because i've been hunting before man and had a raccoon walking maybe 60 70 yards out of in my tree stand i'm just lean i'm standing i'm leaned up against the tree and uh stretching my legs there and watch the raccoon walking and I, ain't, I mean i'm not even blinking and he literally stops puts his nose in the air nose starts pointing a little bit closer to me a little bit closer and then boom he looks he's looking he's kind of doing his head bob he's looking around i'm like oh my gosh the wind he got me he he definitely was like what's going on and that was a raccoon and he ended up literally <laughs> walking back the way he came at a very brisk walk you know he was getting it he wasn't searching for food anymore and stuff he was he was going back the way he came and i was sitting there, oh yeah i was like man that's like awesome. that little raccoon smelled me like i mean that's what <laughs> i thought that's what it looked like I mean he could have yeah. smelled something else. He could have smelled a coyote or something. I don't I don't know, but uh they can was, sense it, things
1: too for sure. It was yeah. odd,
0: man. And I'm not moving, dude. I'm masked out, leaned up against the tree, arms crossed, you know, just staring and seeing them coming through across the creek and 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 I've had it with otters, a lot of otters where I hunt. They they literally always smelling, man, always smelling. And Oh
1: um, yeah. Yeah. It is crazy like but, but, you know, what I was, what I was kind of saying was, you know, it, you know, with the grunt and like I do, I just grunt with my mouth. I do a natural grunt. Um But if you want to get a grunt call to me uh that just use that, that sounds just like a deer. um Quaker boy makes one. It's called a Ridge runner, I believe. Oh man. I ain't that's, that's, boy in a while. well, that's what I used to use before I just started grunting with my mouth. And I don't use grunt calls anymore. I just I just grunt with my mouth. But yeah, like during the early season for sure. Like like and like I like I said earlier, you can't get crazy with it. You know right. you you know you can't be doing it all the time. But I'll do it every now and then. But yeah, it's it can be a great tool though. Um, but but in the rut, I mean, you can grunt a lot more and get away with it that time of year. I feel like.
0: So, Adam, we had some questions that uh, some of the guys asked uh, from the team. And um, I know you kind of – did we already – did you touch on those already? Or do you feel like we covered yeah. most of those?
1: Let me think. I think uh,
0: – I I feel like the ones some... I saw, you were good on. I didn't know if you had seen something else, but um, – There could
1: be something I'm forgetting. Um hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't – I can't remember – any others i know there was one question about kind of how to i think like maybe how to approach an area
0: so what do you okay i guess let's touch on that so we're we're about 52 minutes so we got about 10 minutes or so left um let's let's talk a little bit about that um what do you feel how are you i tell you what let's narrow it down so this big buck that you're after we've been talking about you're you've went out there a few times kind of where are you going like how are you going to approach it now are you backing out like what do you what do you plan on doing as far as that and that'll give people a good idea of kind of how you're i guess uh regrouping after not getting them open in day
1: well what i'm doing is i'm waiting for the daytime movement to pick up a little bit better because right now it's really bad and i'm just i can just gather that from just literally driving down the road and i'm only seeing deer you know at at dark I mean, I, I think I see a few of the mornings early morning. Um, but I'm not really seeing any daytime movement and the conditions aren't perfect for the spot I'm hunting in now. So I'm going to wait. I actually plan on going in there maybe tomorrow evening and I hope good Lord willing, everything's going to work out and be good in there. I just don't want to be in there when that wind starts swirling or blowing the wrong way. Um, but with mountain in the mountains with the mountain deer, I was also going to touch on real quick um, a lot of times the way those bucks bed and i've I've talked about this before you know they'll bed kind of high, and that's something I've really noticed in early season is like you have to there you have to come in in a certain way um, and to me, I do not hunt very close to where they're bed like I don't get right in there with them, you know like I just hunt. Yeah, I mean, I can get fairly close to the beds, but I won't get within like, you know, a hundred yards of them. I just don't do that. I try to cut them off from where they're going to that bedding area, but they'll bed like up high and they always do it. I mean, to me, I mean, like I found them all early season and all through the, the rut and, and late season where they'll bed up high and they'll always have something to their back and they're, they're looking down and they're, they're, They're smelling, they're seeing, you know, they're trying to catch any kind of movement. And they're, I mean, they're looking to bust you. You got to remember, I mean, those mature mountain bucks, they are looking to bust you. So you have to be really careful about the way you come into an area that time of year. And with the area that I was, was seeing the, the big eight point I was talking about earlier in archery season, several years back ago. The good thing about that area is there was a certain way I could come in without kind of busting it all up without messing everything up but some spots just you just can't do that in and sometimes you just have to hold off yeah. i mean i know of one spot i'm thinking of right now i know exactly where the buck bed is and i really don't think there's a way for me to get to that spot without busting him right now I just don't.
0: Here's, there might those be a few mature ones man are like that. We we have a mature buck when I was growing up that was like that. He was at the top of the mountain and I tell you what unless you hands and knee crawled from the opposite county to the yeah. you, you aren't getting in there without him something, him smelling you seeing you a doe busting you, something was going to happen. There was no way to get him unless you spent the night, you could spend the night, you might be able to get him the next morning.
1: Oh yeah, and and I will add to clarify what I mean by up high. You know, I never see a mature mountain buck on the direct top of a ridge ever. Never seen that. I've never seen them bed on the direct top. What I'm saying is, when they're up high above you, they're bedding kind of off to the side. They'll be on a shelf or a flat somewhere on the side of that big ridge, and they'll right. be looking down like that three you know.
0: quarter mark is always how. Yeah, I, that's always where I always. All the mature bucks I have seen when I'm in mountains were that three quarter mark,
1: yeah yeah and and something you gotta really remember is they're not covering a lot of ground right now, either, I mean they're not rotting, they're not doing anything in the mountains I hunt in, so the only thing they're doing is going looking for food and bedding, I mean they're not you know you're not gonna be seeing them travel miles and miles and miles, right. so you gotta remember it's a pretty small area where those mature bucks are using right now in the big woods. I mean, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, when they, you know, they're so smart, man, that it's almost like, okay, I'm safe here. There's no predator presence. There's this amount of food or there's this that they can get to. Um, Naturally, you know, some of them don't have any reason to move, you know? So, um, Oh
1: yeah. I mean, it's you're right you're totally right about that and i mean i've got I one here,
0: man i mean it's it's rough oh man. yeah that's that's how they are here they they don't need to go far man there's food everywhere
1: yeah i miss mean, and i've got one really nice mountain buck he's a big one i've, I've been after i've hunted him hard last year and never i got one i think it was him that i said i got one little opportunity and it wasn't an opportunity really i couldn't get a shot but it was toward late season and I actually grunted him up, and I, as I was kind of walking on the ground, and he came, I mean, I could hear him. I knew, just by the way, if you don't know, like a mature buck, when it walks, it's different. It's something. It sounds different. It's just different. I could hear it coming. I had my bow up. I was ready to shoot. And there was only like a couple of days left of the season, like two or three. He comes up, and he's bristled up. He's ready to fight, and I just keep grunting at him. And he gets that, he gets within probably 70 yards and he just kind of turns around and goes the other way. And I think it's because he didn't see a buck standing down there. Right, right. And he, and you got to remember that deer was, guess what? He was above me. He's, I mean, he was already looking for danger in the first place and he didn't see a buck grunt. Like he could hear me, but he didn't see a buck down there. So he's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not gonna and, risk it
0: going back to bed <laughs>
1: exactly now if I'd had a rifle that deer would have I'd laid him down it wouldn't have been a problem oh, but man. with a bow I just couldn't make it happen but oh, late man. season late season like that what I was describing to you I will push the envelope if I know where they're bedding I will push the envelope and I'll go there and I'll walk around and grunt but now I don't do a whole lot of spotting stalking when I do that it's typically like I said the last, you know, couple days and at that point you know it probably won't hurt anything to do it now not like right now you don't you'd be really careful about doing anything like that i mean i'm really not pushing the envelope right now i'm not getting very close to where they're betting well
0: you're on so, a good one right now man i mean i wish you guys could oh yeah see this this photo of this but i tell you what man if you want to we can make that the cover, we'll make that the cover photo, we'll we'll chat after, we'll make that the cover photo of, of the buck you're after now to awesome. make a couple people drool if you want, but um, Adam's on a big one right now, so I, I wouldn't push, if it was me in that situation, I'm after one myself on a piece of public, and I, I'm very timid right now because he's just, I'm just so scared that I'm going to, you know, step on the wrong twig and never see him again, you know?
1: Oh, I know, I know, and... When... And like I said with with big woods deer, they're just I don't know, man. Like you, any little mistake, you know, they're it's almost like they they've got like a sixth sense. They know well, when something's it, wrong. Like
0: if you let's say for example, you come to my house, like I'm gonna know you're in my house. You know, exactly. Like whether you're in the kitchen or the living room, you can literally look at it like that. There's no way that you're gonna be inside my house without me knowing. Whether it's the you know, I hear the toilet flush, uh, you're washing your hands, I hear the icebox open. You know, whatever the case may be, you're going to know. Um, you know, I mean, I've even gotten to the point now where people come over and you can smell their perfume or their or their cologne or their aftershave or their shampoo or whatever. And you're sitting here like you can tell, you know, what's going on. So, I mean, imagine that on a scale of 20, 200, 300. Uh, with a oh, beard. I know, man. I know. And I mean, they have it, to survive. We don't have to survive. They have
1: to survive. So that ups those senses. I know. And like, like I was saying earlier, just to touch back on this a little bit, they know kind of when, when the season's opening, they sense that pressure. And just like this buck I'm after, he got out of there. I mean, yeah, he's still in the same area, but the daylight movement, he's not doing it near as much as what he was, you know, August. 25th I I felt in like early had september had
0: too man i felt like you oh were, i know i thought you were but hey you know what that's just gonna make you hunt him harder he's gonna be a good one
1: yeah i love i love the chase i mean i love hunting mature deer in the big woods and like i said i, lo- I love to hunt mountain deer that's my favorite you know deer to hunt is, is a mountain buck that's my favorite animal to hunt but i do like hunting them you know, in the swamps around the coastal plains and all that stuff, and going up to Ohio, I love doing that as well. But there's something about mountain deer that just—I just love them.
0: Oh, I get it. So, me. I mean, that's how I feel with Florida deer. I mean, I—I I see 130. I'm gonna, you know, that's a freaking trophy all the way down here. But I'll go to another state and see 130s and be like, oh yeah, you know. And don't get me wrong, I'll probably take it. Really, the number doesn't matter at all. I'm just putting it into perspective since we're audio and not visual here that. You know, it's, it's down here though, man, I could have a little scrub buck and just being able to tell if how mature he is and things, that's what, you know, it's not even the size of the rack. It's really just seeing, you know, the type of mature buck he is. The antlers are always darker down here. So it just seems like those older deer have those darker antlers. So, you know, like you had mentioned with, with deer getting dark when they bristle up and things like down here, you can really tell when it's one of those old mature, they get that real long, like donkey face down here like the the deer i don't know if it's the seminal gene or or whatever but i feel like the older they well, get, I'm sure. they get that real long like donkey face and um yeah i get it man i get that feeling
1: people they're, have- they're different it's it's like with these mountain bucks up here like i told you like i could i almost could probably put like if i killed a mountain buck and a buck from south georgia and if i laid them on the floor i could probably tell which one was from the mountains and which one was a south georgia deer I just they're just different right. you know of, of course they're they're ha- i mean they're just different deer and that's that's why I like like i was saying earlier i like to travel a little bit and i like to hunt down around south georgia when the deer in the mountains aren't doing nothing um, you know and, and like i said the reason i like doing stuff like that i don't like putting so much pressure on my mountain bucks until it's just about time like I said, unless if I have it figured out and I know exactly where that mountain buck's at, but I don't like to put too much pressure on them until the time is just about right. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, you got to have a lot of spots. You got to have a lot of spots to, Like we were talking about earlier. I mean, yeah, you can't just hunt know. one or two spots.
0: For sure. You have to have different areas. I mean, even to the point where if it's public land, I mean, if someone gets there before you or you feel like someone's in your area, I try to always talk to people and say, you know, which can you give me somewhat of an idea of where you're going so that I can deter away? I, I try to... To do that, I've been pretty lucky where most people are pretty respectful and they're like, yeah, I'm going to this area. I'm like, cool, I'm not even going anywhere near that, so I'll be going this way. and I don't run into people often, but being a Saturday, early season, you probably do it. People start trickling off after that opening day here. I think that a couple mosquito bites in the heat usually uh, saves yeah, you the a little hot, bit.
1: the hot weather can, can make it tough. And, and also, I mean, just just the deer hunt like this time of year, it can be tough. I mean – you know, like it can be hard to see deer period sometimes right now I mean it can like where I hunt in the mountains, it's like very hard to see deer right now unless if you're just you're just on them. you gotta be just absolutely on them. you gotta be where their their main food source is, and um right next to their bed and and if you can if you can find a spot like that right now, you know there's a potential to kill a mature buck in it for sure
0: so Adam, we'll wrap this episode up here. What would you say, We we did a few takeaways, but if you could do a takeaway from this episode, what do you want to leave the listeners with here for uh, something to, to hone in on for this early season chasing these mature deer?
1: Um, Don't put too much pressure on, on the deer right now. And um, just pick and choose when you hunt especially if you got a big one, you know, a big mature buck in the area. You don't want to mess him up. You don't want to push him just to nighttime movement only. Hunt him when the conditions are right, and hopefully you can get him in early season. you got to always remember, if not, you got the rut coming up, and the potential's there to kill him then. So, I mean, it just happens like that sometimes. I mean, I, I've had deer that I've gotten on camera before in the early season. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him and not end up having any success until the rut so you always got to keep that in mind you can't get disappointed and you can't put you can't put too much pressure on yourself oh right you know about killing one right now i mean you just you just kind of take it easy and not put too much pressure on him
0: heck yeah man well i hope you get that buck this weekend uh um... You know, I, I hope you get out there, and I hope the conditions work for you. And super excited to get this episode out. We'll we'll get it out here for Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning. Um, that way we can catch everyone with their early seasons. But man, I really appreciate you jumping on and kind of sharing your expertise. And and hopefully these guys that are you know in this Georgia area or have similar terrain as you can can apply a little bit of this and hopefully be able to close the deal on one of these mature bucks.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I hope it helps people, and that's that's what I like to see. I like to see people having success.
0: Me too. I mean it. I feel it like- feels it feels good. Well, I don't. I, I always, you know, we've always heard it before. I don't. I don't want someone to give up on hunting. Like I don't want, not just because of conservation, but like. It would just stink to to really be putting all the time into it, and you just you, you just it's just not working out, and you just give up. Like you know, you want people to succeed, and even if someone just succeeds one time, just to to know that feeling of of being able to provide you know good table fare for your family and to fill a tag, and to just experience that feeling you have when you do take, especially a mature animal, because like you said it. There's nothing wrong with killing anything. We've talked about that before, but that, that mature, it's on a different level. I feel like it's with anything, turkeys, deer, bear. When you get one that's seasoned and they know what's going on and you match wits and you're able to close the deal, especially during bow, man, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a feat during rifle, but especially when you can get them in during bow to take that that shot, it's, it's just a whole different level. It's a whole different feeling.
1: Oh, it is. It's exciting. I mean, you know, hunting this time of year and i mean it it can be really tough with a bow i mean it can be especially when i mean i've had instances where they just they won't come into range and you know i mean there's nothing you can do about it when it's like that yeah um all my disappointments
0: have always happened during bow i I, it's rare that i i have something that i can actually call a disappointment during rifle season it's it's (laughs) bow i get (laughs) very humbled very often almost to the point where i'm like what am i doing here but uh, in a, in a sense of, do I need to switch things up? But it's just, it boils down to, um, uh, you know, I like to try to get out there when I can, but it's just, you know, that's how bow hunting is. If it was easy, everyone would be successful all the time, you know?
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, like, you know, it, with, with bow hunting this time of year, it, that's like, I'm a big ground hunter, but with a bow, I don't do a whole lot of ground hunting with a bow because it's so, it's so difficult. I've tried it and I, I still do try it occasionally. It's hard, man. But oh, it's hard, and the conditions have to be really right yeah. for it to work. I, mean, I can promise you that.
0: But sitting there creating movement right there at eye level is just.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it and it can be. Tree, you know. It can be done. Like it can totally be done. Oh, yeah, I know um, a lot of people yeah. that
0: that's their specialty. I mean, we Whitetail Adrenaline. Uh, John nails. He's a big spot and stalk ground hunter. But I tell you what, I mean, he's he's gilly suited out, but.
1: Oh, yeah. So you can be yeah, I mean, gone, but
0: I tell you what, you got to know what you're doing. You got to know the area for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun, though. It's, it's a good challenge this time of year, though, to to be chasing those big bucks. And, and that's what I like about it. I mean, you're, you know, and, and one other thing I want to add is is really you need to really understand the area you're hunting. You want to know it really good um, when you're chasing those big bucks. I mean, you got to know your area good. You can know that deer really good, but you got to also know the area you're hunting, and that's why, like I said, I like to scout. I scout year round for deer, so I try to learn the areas, and it really helps me kill big bucks doing that. I mean that when you learn those areas, you can learn how mature bucks use those spots you're hunting, and it can definitely make you more successful doing that.
0: For sure, man. So Adam where can our listeners reach you if they have any questions if they're interested in coming out to hunt with you um you know with uh your um, your guide service there uh where can they these guys reach you Ab?
1: Yeah so I mean uh you can find me on Facebook uh at Adams Appalachian Adventures and I've also got a YouTube page it's Hunting and Fishing in God's Country and I also have a Instagram as well for hunting and fishing in God's country, you can message me, um, Facebook, like you said, or Instagram or any of them or on service side as well. So awesome,
0: man. now do you have any episodes coming out of your, your series? Uh, I know you have a series that you've yeah, recently. Yeah.
1: I've out. got, I've got some more coming up. I'm going to be, uh, doing one soon on, um, you know, hunting scrapes and just basically hunting during the rut for mountain bucks and uh i've also got um on on film i got some good hunts from ohio that i'm going to be doing a video on probably try to put it around the rut um and i've done some hunts in the hill country in ohio it's like it's big woods up there too where we hunt and it's just it's all public ground and i've also got a, a nice video of a, a pig i killed in the mountains last september and I'm going to be posting it soon, hopefully, and a few other videos kind of in between. So man. I've got a lot of stuff coming up for sure I that I've just I kind of held on there, to. Man.
0: I really do. I wish I could get up there this year. I don't think it'll happen this year. It might. Something might happen, but having the kid, it slowed me down a little bit with my trip. So um, we'll we'll definitely be linking up hopefully next year. And, you know, we, we'll have to talk more, too, about those southern areas you were talking about because I could probably make something happen for a day. Oh, yeah. We can run. Yeah. See if we can't run something up.
1: Yeah, because they're like, like I was saying earlier. When when I don't want to put too much pressure on my mountain deer in the early season, there's there's some spots that that are big woods down in the su- kind of the southern central and southern Georgia area that I can hunt public land, and they're a challenge as well. I mean they're they're a lot different from mountain deer, but they rut a lot earlier. So I can hunt really in Georgia. I can hunt two different ruts. Honestly, I can hunt down here when they're rutting in like october early november and then i can go hunt the mountain rut and that's you know very late november early december so that's two different ruts
0: yeah our rut's pretty crazy here man being in being in florida they'll rut on one side of the river and not the other so that's a whole whole different rabbit hole for another time for sure
1: <laughs> sure sure yeah well we need to do one uh on on uh hunting in the rut hunting in the big woods and during the rut yeah
0: we need to do one sure. on that we'll get it brother well, man, I appreciate you jumping on, and uh, you guys are listening to uh, White Tail Theories podcast.